Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm so glad to be able to speak this morning, and uh, the reason is because it just is awesome to get into God's Word and to preach and <laughs> preach it to you all. And I think anytime we get chances to hear God's Word, it's so good, um, and it, it changes us, and it changes us to become more like Him. Um, so I just want to pray for this morning. Um, before I do that, the, the focus of this morning is why does community, why does this idea of living life together even matter to God? in the first place? That's the, that's the question we're going to dig into this morning. So it kind of just flows off the back of Luke, you know, talk about life share groups, even though that's just one expression of community and living life together, just like church, when we gather here in the morning, that's one expression of that, right? There's not like this exact thing that that's it. Um, but there's a reason why God ordains it, why he, we see it throughout the Bible. And so we're going to look into that. So let's just turn to him and Ask for his help this morning. Lord, we um, know that we need you each and every morning, God. We just, um, we celebrate you, Lord. I'm so thankful that you've already been speaking to us this morning through the testimonies of people, through uh, your word, God, that has just encouraged my heart so much. Um, Father, I pray you continue to speak to us as we get into your word this morning, Lord. Um, I pray that you would just give us a desire to want to live life together with others, um, to please you, God, because it's something that you rejoice in, or it's something that's pleasing to you, and it's something that matters to your heart deeply. And so um, we thank you. Thank you that um, you're with us now. And um, yes, we just ask the Spirit to speak to us this morning. Amen. Amen. So why does sharing life together, why does this idea of living in community matter to God? And I think in order to kind of answer this question, to get into it, we need to really look at the beginning um, of the Bible itself. We need to look at what's happening in the very beginning. What is God doing? What's he creating? And the things that he's doing in the world. And one of the things think right off the bat that we, we need to have is a healthy understanding of God himself and what he is with himself. <laughs> and I'm not get I don't want to get into like Trinity theology and understanding, but this idea of the Trinity is so important to understand community because in the beginning God lived in community within himself. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, three persons in one, living life in community, in a loving relationship with each other. They, they let us make man in our, in our own image. They make man in their own image, right? They create the spirits hovering over the, over the earth. Jesus is the word of God breathed out. We see that in the beginning of book of John, right? So the Trinity is existing in community within itself. And from this place, from who God is, he begins to create, he begins to create the world into existence, right? He creates light, he creates water, land, trees, plants, animals, he fills the earth, and then he creates man in his own image. He creates man in his own image and decides to give the man someone to live life with, a woman, because it's not good for man to be alone. This is what God says. Man's not supposed to be alone. They're supposed to be with others, right? Before Eve was created, Adam was with God. Uh, so there's 
a whole other reason why he creates a woman to be with him as well. But this very idea of community has been in God's nature from the very beginning. So when he creates man in his image, he's also creating them, man and woman, with a desire to live in community because it's a part of who God is, right? So it's God's character for us to live in community. Out of himself living with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and, and being together and belonging to one another, he creates man with that same image as himself, with a desire to be with others, to live together, to share life together. And they do this. They do this beautifully in the garden. They, they, uh, Adam names animals and then Eve comes along and helps him, uh, rule the earth and have dominion over it. Um, they're, they're called to, to fill the earth and multiply and all these things to live in harmony and it's perfect and it's beautiful and God's with them. He's communing with them. He's walking in the garden with them. And we're like, man, this is amazing that God is with his people, right? And they're communing together. They're with one another. They were made for this, to do life in just a perfect place with God among them, to share in what God had made for them in all aspects of life. And so we see how this idea of community and sharing life was always part of God's plan. It was always something that mattered to him. But things change. Things change somewhere along the lines because man and woman, they disobey God, right? They, they choose opposite of what he has for them, what he's told them. They desire th- knowledge for themselves. And so when they disobey him, sin creeps into that relationship. And then this distance is created between God and man. The image that God originally created man and woman in is distorted. It's marred. It's, it's twisted. It's not the same anymore. So our desire, our perfect desire we had for community and living life together is just like destroyed (laughs) through sin. We still want to be with people, but it's different, right? It's easy now in our own sin. When you think about today, right? Flash forward (laughs) after creation to now where you're at. It's easy for us to want to be alone and choose to isolate ourselves from other people. It's really easy to do that. And especially for me, somebody who is like a borderline introvert and extrovert because my my introvert side is I get energy from just being by myself, right? So then I can be with people and I love people, but it's easy for me to just be like, I don't want to be with people and I just want to be by myself and sit in a corner in my room and shut the door. And, you know, that's why my office is actually downstairs in the church because then I can shut the door and hide from everybody. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody thinks it's a, a, a closet. So I keep it that way so people don't know because I'm an introvert. So, but there, but because the sin has crept in, it's distorted our, the image within us that God has created, right? We, we don't really have this innate desire to really want community with people. It's more comfortable to just like, eh, I'm going to do life on my own. Because of the fall, it's more natural for us to isolate ourselves from God and one another because the image that God created in us has been marred. It's been... Um, muddied it's it's been distorted um but the good news is that god didn't leave us to rot in our sin um the image that had been had been destroyed through sin he he restores he 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 makes a way for it to be restored within us and we need to right off the bat like remember this and have it in our mind because god didn't want us to be left alone he doesn't want us to make ourselves be alone he get, he made a way for that community in us to have a desire again to come back and 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 so he does this through his son jesus christ 
He made a way through his son to come to, for us to come back into communion with God himself through a relationship. By him taking our place on the cross, for, by him paying the debt that we owed through our sin and through, through um, disobeying God in the, in the beginning. And, and we see it through the whole Old Testament, right? This community that tried to be like God, Israel, that tried so hard to be the people of God and an example to the nations, to be a light to those watching. They failed time and time again. They couldn't do it on their own. So God had to do it for us and, and make a way to have a relationship with him again. And he does it through Jesus Christ. And Jesus does it beautifully. He gives himself on the cross. He pays that debt in full. He, he dies, but then he's resurrected. He raises from the, from the grave, defeats sin. And now we have a way to come back into communion with God. We have a way for the image that God had made in us to be restored, not in like a one-time thing. When when we receive salvation through Jesus, it's not like, boom, I'm perfect, the image of God anymore, right? Because it's a process of becoming more like him. But there's something that happens because in the wake of his resurrection, in the wake of Jesus coming back from the dead, ascending into heaven, he sends the Holy Spirit and something happens to the people of God that we see in Acts 2. And so that's where we're going to be this morning if you want to flip into Acts chapter 2. Because the Holy Spirit comes just as Jesus has promised, and it changes everything. And as we flip to this this, uh, chapter, it's important to know what's going on here, because Jesus has ascended, and the disciples who are left over the 12 plus however many, a hundred or more, um, and they're gathered together. They're all in one place, um, praying, maybe seeking the Lord. And in this place, when they're kind of like, we don't know what's going to happen. Jesus is gone. We thought maybe he'd stick around, but he actually did what he said he was going to do, and he left. (laughs) And they're just being together, and the Holy Spirit falls, and we see this amazing picture of what happens when the Spirit just moves, right? We see them begin to speak in different tongues, different uh, languages, in in, in uh, different nations, ch- tongues in these things. And um, in, ch- in verse five and six, which is where I, I want to focus in now, um, there there's these people who are in Jerusalem at the time, and they're from all these different nations. Uh, verses nine through about twelve or eleven lists all these different nations that these devout Jewish Jewish men um, were in Jerusalem at the time, and they they see what's going on as the Holy Spirit falls, as people are talking in different tongues, and and it's confusing. Um, and this is what it says in verse five: Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the sound of the Spirit coming and moving in power, the multitude came together. So all these people, the the disciples who were there, but also all the people from different nations, they come together. And they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? There's absolutely no way they can be speaking my native tongue in a nation that's this far away, however far away. And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? And it begins to list the things, and it says there's two different people, some who are amazed and declare this is the mighty work of God, and some who thought that they'd been drinking. Peter, in this moment, 
speaks up. He starts to share the gospel to this multitude, these people who are just, what is going on? Some are like, this is the Lord. Some are, this, these people are crazy. And he stands up and he shares beginning through, through the um, prophets and, and through into where Jesus uh, has taught them the gospel. And it's amazing because 3,000 people become Christians that day, just like that. That's more people, that's more Christians who believed in Jesus than when Jesus was on the earth. And that's what Jesus said, man. It's going to be that much greater when the Holy Spirit comes. It's better for you that I leave, right? But what does this have to do with community, <laughs> right? There's amazing things happen. There's people from all different places around the earth, the different nations. But this is the amazing thing because after this happens and 3,000 people are added to their number that day, these people don't leave. These people who were from different nations and had every probably reason to like, hey, I got to leave Jerusalem now because I have such and such going on in, in this nation. My work, maybe my family's things. They don't leave right away. They stick around. The disciples uh, who, who were there, who were speaking in tongues, right? They're this example of what this the Holy Spirit movement is and these people believe. The nations don't return home, but they begin to share life with one another. And they build a community with Jesus at the center. These people who didn't know each other were from totally different, they were Jewish, but different Jewish cultures, different nations. They have this desire to belong to one another. And that's unexplainable. Why would these people be? Because it was always that different people groups stuck together, right? They just had their nations. They had their different places they lived. But they have this desire now to stick around and belong to one another. And the only reason this community happens that we'll look at in a second in verses 42 to 47 is because Jesus was resurrected and the Holy Spirit came and broke through into their lives. That's the only reason why this new community begins to form. Jesus' work was meant to restore what sin had destroyed in the beginning. Sin marred the image of God in us, but through Jesus, that image is being restored through the Holy Spirit coming in this way. He's already restoring our desire for community, community with each other. The resurrection changed everything. And now this new resurrected community begins to live life together. And this is so important because why, do, why does community matter to God so much? Why would it matter to him so much if he didn't do this, this extreme thing by sending his son to die, to have, uh, to bring us into a relationship with himself? Why would he send the Holy Spirit to come, right? Because he wants people to be glued together through Jesus Christ at the center. And this is what happens in this community after they begin living life together, after they begin sharing life and, 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 um, just kind of figuring out what what life is like now that we've experienced this amazing thing. So in verse 42, um, this is what Paul writes. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship of being together, to the breaking of bread and prayers, and awe came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. 
This is amazing. This is beautiful. This is good news for us, right? We get this picture of what it really looks like when this Holy Spirit is, is empowering us and when Jesus is the reason we're meeting together, we get this beautiful picture of what a community of Jesus' followers looks like. They had the desire to devote themselves to, to teaching, right? To, to the discipleship of the apostles and what they've heard from Jesus as well as in the, the Old Testament scriptures to fellowship just to live life together, right? To eat together, to pray together. They had all these things in common and they were selling things they had to give to others who had need. <laughs> People don't do this, right? They were giving their belongings and day by day, God was adding to this community people being saved, being found in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And the thing that I want to draw out of this, which is important because Jesus is restoring the image of God in us, right? He wants to restore the character of God in us by making him like himself. And this is exactly what he's doing in this community. The character of God was being lived out through this community of people in these ways. They were generous. They were generous in sharing what they had with each other. Being generous isn't a human created thing. <laughs> Being generous is a God thing. It's who he is, right? We ultimately see that through Jesus Christ. He gave his son to die on a cross. The idea of being generous, being good, that is God's character. And we see it now in this new community in the wake of the resurrection. That's God restoring his image in his people. It, community matters to God. It's making people like himself. They loved each other. You don't just be together like this unless there's love involved. <laughs> you don't leave the nation you came from and stick around and choose to belong to people unless you love them. You don't choose to give things you have um, unless you love people. God is love. It's not a human thing. Joy in eating together. When they ate, they had glad hearts and they praised God because of what he was doing. Joy is not a human thing. It's who God is. He's our source of joy. Again, his character being restored in us. They were sacrificing and giving similar to being generous, right? They were sacrificing what they had. They were making sacrifice because they were giving possessions they had. Maybe some of these people didn't have a lot and they were still giving what they had so that nobody was without anything. That's not a human thing. That's God himself. That's his character. And lastly, they were humble because these nations of people that were gathering have all different ways of what life should look like. And there's pride involved in that. We do it this way, right? Maybe we, as a Jewish person, follow God this way. This is how we do it. They left this thing, these things aside for the sake of Jesus, and they were together to pray, to hear from teachings that weren't their own, but were the apostles' teachings. They make a choice to humbly gather together, and humbleness is definitely not a human thing. We're prideful, right? But God is humble. That's who he is. We see this picture of community being restored, his character being restored within us. And these are all things that God is. We see that these disciples were growing in relationship with one another, but more importantly, growing with relationship with God through the way they were sharing life together. People were being saved because of this. They were showing others who Christ is by the way they lived. And day by day, people were coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus 
So we can see that community matters to God because it draws people to himself. That's the reason why we have a church in the first place. That's the reason why we have things like life share groups or your family at home or friends or people you gather with who are Christians. The reason isn't for ourselves, but because God wants to draw people to himself. People who believe and they're transformed in this place. And then people who don't believe are being saved in this place. Community is something that should be driven by God for himself, but also for our sanctification, which is for him. (laughs) To become more like him, to glorify him through the way we live, how we're becoming like Jesus and being transformed through the way that we see his character in this community, being generous and loving and there's joy and there's sacrificial living and there's being humble and living in unity together. All things that God wants to restore in us because that image was destroyed, but he made a way for us to be restored in his character through Jesus Christ. It's because of Jesus that this new community even exists. This new community, this fellowship of believers would not exist if Jesus hadn't come. And even if he did, maybe it still wouldn't necessarily exist because they're just following Jesus the whole time. And it's and it's them kind of just walking with him and they're learning and changing. But when he leaves and is resurrected and the Holy Spirit comes, there's just this amazing, beautiful picture of humans gathering together with the desire to be like Jesus again. It matters to God. He wants us to be like him. He wants to draw people to himself. And we need each other to encourage our faith in Jesus and to push us towards him. We need that accountability. <clears throat> this past week, as our Life Share group met um, on Wednesday, uh, we just, to, I say we, I, some, of the, some of the awesome ladies in our group <laughs> planned a party for Larry and Mindy. Um, we're like, hey, you know, let's just celebrate them. They're amazing people. Um, and so we, we, we just threw a party. They had no idea, so it was a surprise. Um, and we had dinner together. We shared a meal. Um, we just, you know, we cared, showed up and shared a life. But um, one of the things we did, which has just really been impacting me this week and just has really helped me kind of view this idea of community better, is um, we took time um, to just sit and kind of call things out in them that we see. Um, we took time to call out the ways that God has blessed them or blessed us. Um, we took time to just see the way they were becoming like Jesus and how it was affecting us. And this never would have happened if we weren't living in community with each other. And I've just really realized that this week. I'm like being able to encourage one another, being able to call out how we see people becoming like Jesus. That doesn't happen if we're doing life alone. It just doesn't. Maybe we can do it on our own through the Bible, you know, but it's different when we as humans are together with all things in common, like this fellowship of believers, and we're calling things out in people. And it was powerful for me to just sit there and listen to people and to be able to do it and to love on them in that way. When we do life alone, we don't receive these things. We lose out on God's design to use others in drawing us to him. We lose out on living in community, and it's one of the ways that God is making us like him. 
God said from the beginning that it's not good for man to be alone. And in community, there's this sense of belonging to something, right? Belonging to a people at its core, belonging to Jesus, but also a place where we can be know, uh, we can know and be known by others. And the end of that video, that's what it said. And we believe that because it's a place where, man, we get to know each other as we live in this community with, with other Christians and, and people, whatever that looks like. We get to know people and we get to know, be known by them. And that knowing, that belonging draws us to Jesus Christ himself. And we can't forget this. There's a reason why I keep saying Jesus, 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 because the community of Christians, if we just meet together and we sing a few songs, which is great, and we just hang out and there's small talk and whatever, and we leave, and there was never this sense of like Jesus was at the center of it, then why are we meeting in the first place? Because this community met because Jesus. They met because he was the reason they gathered together. These people from all these different nations and tribes Right? There's no, it doesn't make sense for them to gather. It doesn't make sense that as we gather here on a Sunday morning, people from all different socioeconomic levels, people from all different ethnicities and ages and demographics would gather together um, joyfully to worship Jesus. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But Jesus, at the core of it all, glues us together. He brings us together to worship Him to become like him, and God rejoices in this. He rejoices in this. He's joyfully watching, saying, yes, yes, that's why I sent my son. That's why I sent the Holy Spirit, so that you would get it, that you would live in community together and share life together, that it would be something supernatural, that when people see it, they can't explain it. And the only answer is, we do this because Jesus, right? It's a testimony of a living God who's not dead, who's very much alive and working. How in the midst of trials and pain and suffering and things like what Larry Mindy are going through with their, their twins right now, that we can choose to celebrate them and, and choose to call it things God sees in them rather than just sit and, and woe is me. <laughs> That's a beautiful picture of community. And we get the chance to do that because of what Jesus has done. We get the chance to do that, to live together, to say, hey, I'm going to choose not to live life alone. I'm going to choose not to go out and just be like, I got this, because we don't. <laughs> I, I naturally am that way, and I'm just realizing more and more that I shouldn't be because I can't. I can't do life on my own. I need you guys. I need, I need people who are Christians, who love Jesus, to draw me to himself. Let's know and be known by others as we do life like this. Let's allow God to draw you and others to himself through community. Well, uh, I use the example life trigger, but that's not the end all. That, that's an easy way for us to do it, right? At church here, maybe you're like, I don't really even know how to start what that looks like. That's why we have groups like that that exist. So you can join and, and you can start living life with people, not on your own. That's why we have a church like this, right? Some of you have other friends at other churches and places. How beautiful it is that we can live in this connected world together as Christians so that we're not alone. Tim and Liz going to, you know, visit their friends and, and, and that the funeral they experience. That, that's, that's doing life together. <laughs> 
that's not doing it on your own and in such a hard time. We need people in those um, places in life. People, when um, they come up and ask things like, how's your sister doing? Um, who is, she's uh, struggling just through cancer right now. And just asking how that is, that doesn't happen if I'm not in community, right? Like people come up to you and say, hey, you mentioned this at church or here, or, you know, when we're in conversation that you were dealing with this thing. Being able to go up to people and, and, and ask them how that is and maybe encourage their faith with a scripture, just a word from the Lord, that's drawing them to God himself. And that doesn't happen unless we're living life together in community. Do we see like this, this picture of how God created it from the beginning? It's who he is and it's helping restore the image within us. It matters to God so much. It's at his very core. It's at his very heart. And it's seen throughout the entire Bible, right? This people group living, trying to live on mission for God. And they don't do it that great. And even in the New Testament, we see this new resurrected community after Jesus has left and they're living life together. But there's still issues. That's what's going to happen when we live life together. In Corinthians and in Ephesians and these different books, there's things going on while Paul is writing to them. There's issues and that happens. But our ability to do life on our own um, is easy, but it shouldn't be. It's, it's hard to do life with others, but there's so much more um, joy There's so much more grace to be found in living life together that I think is waiting for us. It's an invitation. God God bringing his son and the Holy Spirit falling and, and, and making way to the Father is an invitation for us to have community with himself and with others for himself. So, Lord, this morning... Guys, I want to pray in this moment, God. We we, we have... um, just maybe different views and, and it's easier for us to isolate ourselves, to do life alone, to feel like, man, I the only way I'm going to figure this out is on my own. And there's times for that. But God, you're calling us to something greater, Lord, something beyond ourselves with others. Um, Lord, I thank you that you didn't leave us on our own, God. We we were just rot in our sin, Lord. We We had no place to go, but you came, Father. You saw us. You stepped down from your throne in heaven. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, who who died on the cross, who who, um, defeated sin and took our place and, and rose again, Lord, was resurrected and ascended into heaven. God, he made a way for us to have a relationship with you again, to have community and commune with you again, Father. And because of Jesus, we gather together under his name, to declare his praise, but also to encourage one another, to be accountable to one another, that, Lord, there's so much more for this person in my life, for this person in our church or this other Christian I know of, God. This community isn't just Mercy Hill. It's the church, Lord. That's the community that you love and that you desire to happen and and progress. So, Lord, we thank you for that, God. Thank you that as we gather this morning, we can celebrate communion, Father, that we can take time to remember what you've done and how your body and your blood brought us back into communion with you, Lord. God, I'm so grateful for Jesus Christ this morning.
Lord, I ask that you would help us, God. Help us do this. Help us live life together, Father. We need you. We need you to um, live in community. We need you um, to be at the center of it, God. But it is also an invitation. We have a choice to, to live life in this way or to continue by ourselves and, I believe, miss out on the greater things you have for us, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this morning and your word. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.